Section eighteen of the Macdermots of Ballycloran. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The Macdermots of Ballycloran by Anthony Trollope. Section eighteen. How the wedding party was concluded. Part two. Did he tell you that himself, Mister Thady? whispered brady now though young macdermot was nearly drunk quite drunk enough to have lost what little good sense was left to him after being fool enough to come at all among those with whom he was at present drinking still what usher had said about his follower was not forgotten and though he did not absolutely believe that brady was a creature of keegan's what he had heard prevented his having the same inclination to listen to pat or the same confidence in what he said faith then he told me so much with his own mouth and it isn't only the others would be going but you'd have to walk yourself master pat and why wouldn't i do you think i'd be staying at ballycloran after you were gone mr thady don't be making any vows pat maybe you wouldn't be axed and maybe av you were you wouldn't refuse to eat your bread though it were keegan paid for it that the first mouthful may choke me that i ever ate of his paying for well however boys hyacinth keegan will strip the roof off every mother's son of you if he ever contrives to put his foot in ballycloran but by god he never shall mind boys he can never do that till he can lay his hands on the old man and where'll you all be i wonder to let him or any one he sends do that or take a sod of turf or a grain of oats off the land either by dad you're right mr thady said one of them sure wouldn't we have him in a bog hole or as many as he'd send and then they might take away that they could carry in their mouths i'll tell you what sir said joe reynolds and he laid his hand on thady's knee and leant forward till his mouth was near the young man's ear so near that not only could not mcgovery overhear his words but of the whole party round the fire only brady and byrne besides thady himself could catch what he said i'll tell you what sir keegan shall never harm you or yours if you'll be one of us one of us heart and soul and i know you will and i know it's not in you to put up with what they're putting on you and dearly he'll pay for the blow he strike you and the word he said surely mr thady and he whispered still lower into his ear let alone the estate and the house and all that you'd never put up with what he has been about this day paceable and in quiet you're true in that joe by jeed well then won't we see you righted let the bloody ruffian come to ballycloran and then we'll see the way he'll go back again to carrick will you say the word mr thady will you join us agin them that is as much and a deal more agin you than they are agin us what is it you mean to do that's what you'll know when you've joined us but you know it isn't now or here we'll be telling you that which maybe will put our necks in your hand but when you've taken the oath we've all taken we'll be ready then not only to tell you all but follow you anywhere the young man paused isn't it enough for you to know that our enemies is your enemies that them you wishes ill to we wishes ill to isn't keegan the man you've most cause to hate and won't we write you with him don't we hate that bloody captain 
that is this moment playing his villain's tricks with your own sister in the next room there and sure you can't feel very friendly to him by the holy virgin when you're one of us it's not much longer he shall trouble you if you can put up with what the likes of them is doing to you if you can bear all that why mr thady you're not the man i took you for but mind divil a penny of rent'll ever go to ballycloran again from drumleash for the matter's up now you're either our friend or our enemy but if mr thady you've the pluck they all says you have and which i ever see in you god bless you it's not only one of us you'll be but the head of us all for there isn't one but'll go to hell's gate for your word and then the first tenant on the place that pays as much as a timpany to keegan or to any but just yourself by the cross he may dig his own grave what thady immediately said does not much signify before long he had promised to come over to mrs mulready's at mohill with pat brady on an appointed night there to take the oath of the party to whom he now belonged though it was agreed that the secret determinations of the party were not to be divulged to him until he had joined them there it nevertheless was pretty clearly declared that their immediate and chief object was destruction of usher and if possible the liberation of the three men who had lately been confined in ballinamore bridewell for the malt that had been seized in the cabin by loch sheen however to prevent the evil arising from this carelessness in the performance of their duties as conspirators thady was requested to swear on a cross made with the handles of two knives that he would not divulge anything that had occurred or been said in that room that night with which request he complied by the time this was done most of them were drunk but none were so drunk as poor macdermot his intoxication moreover was unfortunately not of that sort which was likely to end in quiescence and incapability it was a sign of the great degradation to which macdermot had submitted in joining these men that in talking over the injuries which usher had inflicted on them all he had quietly heard them canvass usher's conduct to his sister and that in no measured terms this had gone much against the grain with him at first because he could not but strongly feel that in abusing usher they were equally reproaching feemy but the fall of high and fine feelings when once commenced is soon accomplished even when the fall is from a higher dignity than those of thady's had ever reached and though a few hours since he would have allowed no one but father john even to connect his sister's name with usher he had soon accustomed himself to hear the poorest tenant on his father's property speak familiarly on the subject when urging him to join them in common cause against his enemy but though he had so far sacrificed his sister's dignity in his drunken conversation with these men he was not the less indignant with the man whose name they had so unceremoniously joined with hers and he got up with the resolution to inform usher that the intercourse between him and Feemy must immediately cease the spirits he had taken gave him a false feeling of confidence that he should find means to carry his resolution into effect without delay when he got into the outer room usher and Feemy were not there the dancing and drinking were going on as fast as ever shameth the piper was in the same seat with probably not the same tumbler of punch beside him and was fingering away at his pipes as if the feeling of fatigue was unknown to him 
and Mary the bride was still dancing as though her heart had not been broken all the morning with the work she had had to do Biddy also the Ballycloran housemaid was in the seventh heaven of happiness For hadn't she music and punch galore and though the glory of her once well-starched cap was dimmed if not totally extinguished by the dust and heat her heart was now too warm with the fun to grieve for that especially when such a neat made boy as barney egan was dancing for anenst her it did not however add to her happiness when after being addressed once or twice in vain she heard her young master's voice biddy you hear and be deed you is your mistress gone home deed mr thady i think she be and why the devil then ain't you gone with her do you mean to be dancing here all night now thady was in general so very unobservant so little inclined to interfere with if he could not promote the amusements of his dependents moreover so unaccustomed to scold that biddy and the others round her soon saw that something was the matter what you staring at your born fool if miss feemy's gone up to ballycloran do you follow her thady's thick voice red face and sparkling eyes showed that he was intoxicated and biddy if not preparing to obey him for the temptation to stay was too strong was preparing to pretend to do so when mary mcgovery by way of allaying macdermot's wrath said i don't believe then mr thady that miss feemy's gone home at all at all i think she and the captain is only walked down the lane a bit just to call themselves for sure it's hot work dancing thady did not stop to ask any more questions but hurried out of the door and turning away from ballycloran walked as fast as his unsteady legs would carry him towards mohill and unfortunately usher and feemy were strolling down the lane in that direction when pat brady saw macdermot hurry out of the house he said to his sister be gab mary you'd better hurry down the lane if captain usher and miss feemy is in it just to take care of her for he and the master'll have a great fight of it this night the master's blood's up and the two'll be slating one another afore they're parted goodness gracious exclaimed mary why don't you go yourself pat mr thady's taken a drop and maybe he'll be hurting miss feemy or the captain dennis dear her husband came in the room just then there's a ruction between the captain and mr thady in god's name go and bring away miss feemy usher and feemy had not been out of the house many minutes it was a beautiful mild moonlight night in october and as the girl had said they had come out to cool themselves after the heat and noise and dirt of the room in which they had been dancing miles was in one of his best humours he had persuaded himself that he had no real danger to fear from the men who as he was told were so hostile to him feemy too had looked very pretty and nice and had not contradicted him and whereas what thady had drunk had made him cross usher had only just had enough to make him good-humoured feemy too was very happy she had contrived to forget her brother's croaking and father john's warning or at least the misery which they had occasioned her and was very happy in usher's good humour it were bootless to repeat their conversation or to tell how often it was interrupted by some unchided caress on the part of usher feemy however had not forgotten her resolution and was bringing up all her courage to make some gentle hint to miles on the subject of which she had promised father john to speak to him when her heart sunk within her on hearing her brother's voice calling to her from behind 
good heavens miles there's thady what can he be wanting here usher's arm fell from the fair girl's waist as he answered never fear dear don't you speak to him leave him to me by this time thady had nearly joined them is that you feemy here at this hour what the dear you doing here this time of night here take my arm and come home it's time you had someone to mind you i'm thinking feemy saw that her brother was intoxicated and was frightened she turned though she did not take his arm and usher turned too your sister's not alone mcdermott as i'm with her i don't think you can have much cause to fear because she is about a mile from ballycloran maybe captain usher your being with her mayn't make her much safer at any rate you'll let me manage my own affairs i suppose i can take my sister to her own home without your interference and he took hold of his sister's arm as if to drag it within his own good heavens thady what are you after sure ain't i walking with you don't be dragging me it appears to me mcdermott said usher that though your sister was in want of no protector before you came she is in great want of one now she wanted it then and she wants it now and will do so as long as she's fool enough to put herself in the way of such as you by gee as long as i'm with her she shall have it and he dragged her along by the arm but thady said the poor girl afraid both of her brother and her lover and hardly knowing to which to address herself but thady you're hurting me and i'll walk with you quiet enough i was only getting a little cool after the dancing and what's the great harm in that well there and he let her go i'm not hurting you now it's very tender you've got of a sudden when i touch you captain usher if you're pleased to go on or stay behind i'll be obliged for i want to speak to feemy and there's no occasion in life for my troubling you to hear what i've to say you can say what you like mcdermott but i shan't leave you for though feemy's your sister you're not fit to guide her or yourself either for you're drunk and there you lie captain usher you lie that's what you're used to but it's the last of your lies she'll hear ah you're drunk replied usher besides you know i'd not notice what you'd say before your sister if however you're not so very drunk as to forget what you've called me tomorrow morning and would then like to repeat it i'll thrash you as you deserve then by jesus you'll have your wish you asked me tonight if i had a mind to quarrel with you and now i'll tell you if i find you at ballycloran scheming again you'll find me ready and willing enough that's where you'll find me tomorrow morning then for i'll certainly come to ask your sister how she is after the brutal manner you frightened her this night and then perhaps you'll have the goodness to tell me what you mean by what you call scheming i'll tell you now then it's scheming to be coming with your lies and your blarney after a girl like feemy only meaning to deceive her it's scheming to go about humbugging a poor silly old man like my father and it's the height of scheming and blackguardness to pretend to be so friendly to a family when you know your men in them all the harm in your power to do but you'll find my fine captain it ain't so easy to play your tricks at ballycloran as you think though we are so poor feemy when the young men had begun to use hard words to one another had commenced crying and was now sobbing away at a desperate rate don't distress yourself feemy said usher your brother'll be more himself tomorrow morning he'll be sorry for what he has said then and if he is so i'm not the man to remember what one says when they've taken a little too much punch 
they had now come near enough to mrs mehan's to see that there were a number of people outside the door as soon after thady's departure as dennis mcgovery and the rest had been able to make up their minds what it would be the best to do in the emergency of the case dennis and his wife sallied forth the former to carry home whichever of the combatants might be slaughtered in the battle and mary to give feemy what comfort and assistance might be in her power pat brady prudently thought that under all circumstances it would be safest for him to remain where he was the married pair however bent on peace if possible and if not on assuaging the horrors of war had barely got into the road when they encountered father john returning to the wedding party oh if it's your reverence's welcome again this blessed evening god be praised that sent you for it's yourself will be wanted i'm afeard and that immediately it was some time before the priest could learn what was the matter at last he discovered that usher and feemy had gone out walking that thady had got drunk and had gone after them and he was inquiring whether he had gone towards mohill or towards ballycloran which none of them knew when the three came in sight father john instantly walked up to them and if he had learnt it from nothing else soon discovered from feemy's tears that something was the matter how are you thady he said putting out his hand to take the young man's which was given with apparent reluctance how are you is there anything wrong that feemy is crying so oh you know father john there's a dee deal wrong and i've just told the captain what it is that's all i'll not have the girl humbugged any longer that's all there must be a great deal wrong thady when you cursed that way before me i can't be picking my words now for priest or parson they were now surrounded by the whole crowd out of the house who were staring and gaping and absolutely shocked at thady's impudence to his friend and priest feemy was sobbing and on usher offering her his arm to take her from the crowd took it by gee exclaimed thady if you touch that ruffian's arm again i'll never call you sister or shall you ever call me brother so now choose betwixt us feemy dropped her hand from usher's arm but turning to the priest she said for heaven's sake take him away father john he's drunk drunk or sober you may choose now it's either me or him but if you disgrace yourself you shall not disgrace me father john took feemy's arm on his and telling the people to go back to their dancing laid his hand on thady's shoulder and said at any rate thady come a little out of this if you must speak to your sister in that way you don't wish all the parish to hear what you're saying what matters father john what matters sure they've all heard too much already don't they all say she's the blackguard's mistress oh thady how can you repeat that word of me sobbed the poor girl why did you let them say it why don't you tell the man that's blackening your name while he's disaving you to be laving you now and not following you through the country like a curse by this time the whole party consisting of father john the two young men and feemy were walking on rapidly towards ballycloran feemy was crying but saying nothing usher was silent although thady was heaping on him every term of abuse he could think of and father john was in vain attempting to moderate his wrath thus they continued until they came to the avenue leading up to the house and on usher's proceeding with them through the gate thady put himself in the way stopping him 
you'll not come a step in here captain if i know it you might follow us along the road for i couldn't help it but by gee you don't come in here nonsense man do you think i'll stop out for a drunken man's riot let me pass set a foot in here you blackguard and i'll stretch you thady had an alpine in his hand and was preparing to strike a blow at the captain exactly on the spot where keegan had struck him when the priest pushed his burly body in between them i'll have no blows boys at any rate while i'm with you put your stick down thady and he forced the young man's stick down run up to the house feemy and get to bed i'll see you in the morning feemy however did not move now captain usher i am not saying a word on the matter one way or the other for i don't well know how the quarrel began but do you think it's well to be forcing your way in here when the master desires you not but mr mcgrath i've yet to learn that this drunken fellow is master here besides i suppose it is not a part of his project to rob me of my horse which is in his father's stable thady was at length persuaded to allow usher to go to the stables for his horse and the captain after what had passed did not now wish to go into the house he was however going up to feemy to shake hands with her when the priest caught him by the arm saying why would you anger a drunken man and that too when the feeling in his heart is right i'll tell you what captain if what that young man fears is true you're almost as much worse than him as vices than virtue spare me your sermon now father john if i see you tomorrow i'll hear it in patience and he galloped down the avenue thady and feemy went into the house and we hope each got to bed without further words and father john walked slowly home thinking of all the misery he saw in store for his parishioners at ballycloran end of section eighteen how the wedding party was concluded part two